Welcome to Tiki Central, Canada. Ever wonder what is in that cool, refreshing drink that you just have to have on that hot summer's day? Mm, yeah, me too. Picture a man going on a journey beyond sight and sound. Wow, he has left society. He has entered Tiki Central with palm trees, beach sand, blue skies, and God, get me a drink now. Here are your hosts, Craig and Cam, and their wacky views and drinks, life, and maybe information? All right, Cam. So, hey, we're back again. We are indeed. And, man, I Episode feel pretty good about two. this. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Like, you know, the first one went down pretty well. I think so. Yeah, and uh, yeah. I'm hoping we get some feedback on that, you know, and how we did. Yeah, I, I, I'd like that as well, quite frankly. Uh, I thought I did a great job, but... Uh, you know. Awesome job. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we should introduce ourselves, because if you did listen to FERT Podcast, you don't know who we are and what we're doing, right? Yeah, no, that's a good point. Okay, so I'll go first. Uh, my name's Craig Stevens. I'm a bartender. I've also been a bar manager, general manager of bars. Over uh, hospitality for 25 years. And so anyways, um, I got to a point where I was managing and I'm like, okay, I don't want to manage anymore because that's paperwork and I don't like paperwork. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd rather be on the floor having fun and talking to people. And so I got behind the bar again and that's what I'm doing now. Oh, that's great. And I'm a very lucky boy uh, because of that, quite frankly. Yeah, the med toms come flying in. That's Indeed right. Indeed they do. Uh, so, so my name's Cam. Uh, I'm a uh, general layabout and uh, a customer of Craig's. Uh, and, uh, on a regular been, basis, in my well, life. yeah, yeah, I'm a bit of a regular, but I've, <laughs> you know, I've been a happy regular. That's not a I bad think thing, you know what I mean? <laughs> you, know? Uh, you haven't had to kick me out yet, so no. But see, there you go, there yeah. you go. So it's got to be a good thing. Yeah. So what about your history? Like, where are you from? I've been living in Ottawa for the past 13 years, but I was born and raised in Vancouver. Uh, I've spent West some Coast time. Boy. Oh, you got that right. Spent some time overseas, and and I just found that that Ottawa was Ottawa was the right place for me. And I'm <laughs> pretty happy I've settled there. There you go. Cool, cool. All right. So uh, let's talk about what today's show is about. Today is about sure. the Mai Tai the and Mai the history tai. of Mai Tai, because the Mai Tai actually is the very first tiki cocktail. Oh, really? Well, yeah. For the most part, it is the very mm-hmm. first one that got the most you know recognition and and get, became famous. Okay. So the history of Mai Tai, and we talked about these two guys before, Don the Beachcomber and Trader Vic. And it's funny, I, I, remember, yeah. I think I remember telling you on the last episode, his name is actually Ernst, Ernst, Ernst Gant, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he owned Don the Beachcomber. So he actually eventually got to a point where he actually he changed his name to Don oh, the Beachcomber. Really? Wow. Yeah, he's That's like, well, dedication. Everyone's just calling me, so I may as well just change it. That'd be like <laughs> The Rock changing his name to... The Rock. The Rock. <laughs> Dwayne Johnson, you mean. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, anyway, the thing is that these two guys, okay, were the ones that started the tiki culture. Now, so, I, I, I get the impression, actually. Sorry to interrupt. Oh, I, no, but, no, but, but I get the impression that, for, right? uh, you know, Trader Vic kind of stole uh, Don the Beachcomber's well, thunder a little bit. Like, you know what I mean? And it happens all the time, right? Mm. Right? I and mean, we see it all the time. Like, some other company comes in and, hey, it takes over. And yeah. they had the exact same thing that they had before. Yeah. 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 So the problem is that when you go back in time, these these two guys is that it was all the drinks were very secretive. Right? Remember we talked about that. 
So the recipes were very secretive. And so the point is that, uh, in my research, is that both these guys claim that they created the Mai Tai. I see. Yeah, I did it. No, you did it. Okay, whatever. Sure, okay. So no, bit of a squabble. Yes. Now, I went back through, like I said, lots of research. Uh-huh. And it looks like the majority of the rule goes towards Trader Vic. And that's what the rule I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with the Trader Vic story. Okay, so he may not have come first, but he may very well have produced the first drinkable drink. That's well, possible. Very possible, yes. Memorable drink. I now, in 1940, okay, Trader Vic had some friends over from Tahiti. Mm-hmm. And they're like, hey, whip us out a drink. Um, so he made a drink on the fly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, when you actually make tiki drinks, uh, you get to a point where you kind of know the, how things work together. Like okay. this this ingredient works well with together. So making something up new, it, it's not as hard as you think. Well, once again, sort of like a chef, a mixologist. Exactly, like, yeah, like yeah. Saying, yeah. Uh, yeah. So he made the drink, and they called it Mai Tai Roll, which, mm. uh, in Tahiti, which, of course, I just butchered, mm. Um, mm. which means very good. I see. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Now, in this drink, okay, he had some rums, because like I said, these guys both traveled around the world. Mm-hmm. And so in there were some blended rums, some rums around the world that he blended together to make this drink. So you, you added an S to the end of rum. Yeah, so rum. Rums. Uh, so how is one rum different from a, another rum? I'm glad you asked I'm this not, question. There you you know, it, it's not necessarily my bag. Yeah, right. Now, we've we talked to I me and you've talked in our conversations before, like, you know, vodka is kind of vodka. I mean, yes, there are some different ways of making vodka and different yeah. ingredients, but pretty well, vodka is vodka. I can't Now, tell whiskey and bourbon and rye, uh, and then, of course, rum, which is one of my favorite things to work with, hmm. um, have the most... The uh, the span of it is is very wide. Sure, like greater what variety. Is that the variety out there yeah. is very wide? Okay, and there's different characteristics for each rum. I see. So when you made this, when he made this mai tai, he took a rum from you know one island and another island, and another island, and combined them together to make this perfect rum to reuse for the drink. Okay, so, so like a so, blended rum. So okay, yeah, I, I was just about to say you mentioned blended rum, and so yes. that's when you combine a bunch of rums. Or? So what blended rum is in the old when days? You put it in a blender. Yes, uh, you take one rum from one barrel, one rum from another barrel, and one rum from another barrel, and you put them together. Now, just to let you guys know, uh, when you buy a bottle of Bacardi or whatever you're buying, vodka, whatever it is, okay, that actually is actually technically blended. What it is, what I mean by that is that it's not like one barrel. All hmm. of a sudden, that becomes Bacardi rum. White rum, let's say, okay? Okay. Um, that what we do is they take a barrel from here and a barrel from that batch and a barrel from this batch, and they put them together to make the best blend to make, the say, Bacardi White. Okay. Yeah. So, and reason uh, they do that is like they get a bit of uh, tangents from each and every one of those. They have, they, each one of them has a different characteristic. Sure. And you can put okay, them together, yeah. and you've already got like a very complex spirit. So, so, so you would have to be a fairly skilled, and I'm, I'm oh, not going to use... Oh, these guys are skilled. Yeah, the, the, the fella who actually does the blending, it's more than just, uh, you know, a dude out back who chucks a bunch of mush into a no, uh, single no. barrel. These, these guys are uh, very high-skilled and highly high-recognized in the, in the industry. Mm-hmm. Now, um, so you're like, well, what about things like, I uh, see, private stock or single-barreled? Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 things like that, like right? Special extra good stuff. Special edition. Yeah. Now those are actually the best barrel out of all the barrels that are in there. Okay, so, of a batch, kind of a of batch thing. of barrels, right, right? right? They'll say, "Well, this is the best." Okay, well, that's going to be their private stock. I see. And that's why it's more expensive because you're you're paying for the best of the batch. Right. Right. Okay. Well, so that's what blended rum is. Is it blended? Now, this day and age, we don't blend rum other than like I just talked about. Okay, right? yeah, but but you're not mixing uh... rum from one country to another country, to right? Another country, right? You right. don't do that. So, um, 
they do it the way I just talked about. You take one barrel, another barrel, another barrel, blend them mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mm-hmm. one that I use for the Mai Tai actually is Bacardi 8. It's uh, aged for eight years, and mm-hmm. it's a blended rum from Bacardi. Okay, so yeah. so what is the Mai Tai recipe then? Uh, okay, so we talked there. about the aged blend rum, which we talked about. Sure. Uh, fresh lime juice, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, carousel. Ah, uh, yes, okay. <laughs> so carousel is what people, okay, well, what's carousel, Craig? Um, most yeah, people know it as Caraco. Oh, Caraco. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's yeah. the blue, blue stuff. Caraco. It's the blue stuff. Garbage. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, Orge, which is an almond syrup. Orge. Orge. Okay. Which is an almond syrup. I see. Yep. And so what you do is you combine all those ingredients into a shaker, add some ice. You're going to shake that up. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to strain that into a glass with new fresh ice. So why are you shaking it? Why not just stir it? Right, so uh, what you could do in a scenario is, uh, say we make the Mai Tai, let's just build the drink, okay? So okay. let's put it in the rum, let's put it in the, the carousel, the lime juice, and the orge. Mm-hmm. They all have different densities. Okay, yeah, right? yeah, and you get different, so layers, you get different layers, right? Yeah. Now, how many times has this happened? We've all gone to, to a bar, you get your drink, and you take the first sip on the straw, and wow, it is pure alcohol, right? Yeah, I usually kind of feel like that's a good thing because it means there's more alcohol in the drink. Yeah, but then you get a watered down parts and you're like, wow, where's the rest of it? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. So okay. that's that's a build drink. I see. Right? So I see. when you shake it, and especially when there's ingredients that are not liquor, say the lime juice and the almond syrup, what you do is when you're shaking it, you're slightly chilling it, slightly diluting it, but you also do is you're infusing those ingredients together. I see. So instead of building it and they're all separate... You're actually shaking them together so they infuse together, and you get one constant product. So you're blending them, essentially. Yeah, well, not in a blender blender. No, but, no, no, you know, but, but but the same way you're blending You're the combining them. Kind of thing. Yeah, no, I call okay. it like chemistry 101. Sure, um, sure. So, yeah, so you get pour that into a glass with fresh ice, and that's what, exactly what you're doing. What do you mean by fresh ice? Okay, so why are we doing fresh ice? Well, because the ice that you put in your shaker, okay, is usually smaller pieces of ice, like a smaller size. Uh, also, too, when you're shaking, you're banging that ice around, so it's getting banged up fragmented, diluted. Mm. And so if you just pour that into a glass, you're not going to get a really good product. You want the drink to last a long time, right? We don't want that. Like, you know, you can get a Caesar and you get the ice in there and eventually within a minute or two, it's like watered down. Okay. Right? And it just doesn't taste like a Caesar anymore. It tastes like it's all water and there's nothing else. Okay, but that brings up another point, actually. Yes. Um, When I go to, say, bar A. Yes. And I order a Caesar. Yes. Comes a certain way with right. a certain level of spice and maybe, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, a hamburger stuck he likes on a toothpaste. And uh, then I go uh, next door to uh, you bar, know, bar B. B. Or is it C? Well, <laughs> you know, don't, I was don't, you're paying attention don't, to. <laughs> don't make me keep track, okay? That's what Google Maps is for. Um, uh, but yeah, no, and I go in there and I mean, it's still a red drink. Uh, but the flavor is completely different. Right. Uh, so you know, maybe they why? put more horseradish in yeah. it. Uh, you know, I can't get a standard Caesar. Right. So what are the differences? So we're going to talk about that right now. So a Mai Tai, uh, example, if I went to uh, Trader Vic's or, you know, or Dawn to Beachcomber's place, mm-hmm. again, secretive, right? They make the drink, they, you know, with their ingredients. And then I taste it. I'm like, oh my God, that's amazing. Now I go down to bar C in my situation, let's say, mm-hmm. uh, with my friends. And I say, hey, I want the same drink. I want the Mai Tai. Mm-hmm. So I go to the bartender and say, hey, this is what I had. It kind of tasted like this and this and this. And it had this kind of texture and this color. Okay, no problem. So he puts something together that he throws together himself and mm-hmm. um, gives it to me. Bam, there you go. That's his version of the Mai Tai. Now, your Caesar that you're talking about, okay, Mm-hmm. Um, that's different because each place has its own version of the Caesar. Sure. Right. 
Like, example, uh, where I work, one of the works places I work at, they have a, a spicy bean in there mm-hmm. uh, and a lime wedge. Well, they often take pride in, in what distinguishes their exactly. Caesar from it's the competition. Yeah. So the difference between that is, like we just talked about, is that the Mai Tai, the problem that I found is that some people are claiming, oh, no, this is a Mai Tai. Mm-hmm. They're not saying, oh, it's Bob's Mai Tai or John's Mai Tai. They're saying, no, no, this is a, the real deal. This is the Mai Tai. It's like, mm-hmm. no, it's not. It's not the Mai Tai. Mm-hmm. You didn't make it with the original recipe. Well, okay. So I haven't had a lot of Mai Tais in my life, yes. but I have noticed. Uh, so, I mean, you you mixed me up a absolutely transcendent Mai Tai the other day. That was awesome, wasn't it? And, and I have to admit that I'm not actually convinced that you knew what you were doing. Because <laughs> yeah. every other Mai Tai I've had in my life... Yes has got at least a little bit of pink stuff in it. Kind of like right. maraschino uh, cherry juice or... Grenadine. Grenadine, okay. Oh, there we go. Uh, uh, from the pomegranate. Yeah. Okay, so yes, uh, a lot of tropical drinks. And um, and actually, I, let me just explain something here. So when I first started bartending, I did the same mistake that all these guys are doing. I thought, okay, tropical drinks, every single one of them, no matter what it was, a hurricane, Mai Tai, uh, fog cutter, whatever it was, uh, it had to have uh, orange juice, pineapple juice, and grenadine. And it was a couple variations, and that was it. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, like, okay, every drink looks the same. Every drink tastes the same. There's no way. I'm making them wrong. I know I'm making them wrong, so I need to research this out. Mm-hmm. Now, when you see grenadine, that's what exactly. They're making it wrong. They're thinking, well, it's tropical, so I have to add some grenadine to make it sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's like a Singapore sling kind of deal. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Or Roy um, Rogers, for that matter. Roy Rogers. Mm. Um, and that's where the mistakes have been coming into play, as, like okay. I said, uh, the color obviously shouldn't be pink or shouldn't be red. Mm-hmm. Um, I went on a cruise actually not too long ago uh, last year, mm-hmm. and even on the boat in a Caribbean island, the guy I was making a mai tai was red. It was red, okay. and I'm like, okay, it's wrong, 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 wrong. It's almost like they're now adding it just to well to sweeten it up because we know oh, we uh, I see. North okay. Americans we love sugar. We certainly right? do. We love yeah. our sugar, yeah. and so what better way to do it than that grenadine? Yeah. Now, that actually brings up an interesting point. Um, yes. And I'm thinking of, you know, I mean, we North Americans or, or northern North Americans, I should say, uh, you know, like our, our sugar. But often it's... The Great North, it's called. Well, no, I'm not just talking to us. I'm also talking about our southern neighbors, but maybe not in Mexico. Because I know, for example... <laughs> well, no, and I, I've got a reason for this. Okay, uh, go ahead. Go, go for um, it. So, for example, uh, at least a little while ago, and I'm not sure if this is the case now... Uh, Canada and the U.S., uh, Coca-Cola there switched from uh, cane sugar, yes. you know, straight from sugar cane, yes. to, to high fructose corn syrup. Right. So we love artificial flavoring. We love artificial sugar. We love our, our glucose, right? Yeah. So what you talk about in Mexico is they're actually using sugar cane. So they're using the real deal. Right. And, and, and I bet you $10, that was a really good Coke. Oh, absolutely. The yeah. Mexican one. Yes, yes. yes. Without question. But but this brings me back around again. You, you were talking about fresh lime juice, and you really emphasized that when you were yes, talking yes, about, yes. about the Mai Tai recipe. Yeah. Um, you know, when I make my gin and tonics, or gins and tonic, if you uh, will. It's more tonic. Sorry, more gin than tonic. Yeah, exactly. I, uh, I just do a little squeezy of okay, the uh, real lime. A splash of tonic doesn't mean it's gin and tonic, by the way. <laughs> Says you. Okay. <laughs> All right, so we're talking about ingredients. That's what you're trying to get at. Okay, I got Yeah, you. no, okay. exactly. Okay. Yeah. So the big deal on the ingredients, um, especially when you're making this one, um, you want to use the correct uh, real deal stuff, like the lime juice and the, and the almond juice. So mm-hmm. what every bartender's seen in their bar, and I'm sure even people like you can have seen it, it's mm-hmm. what's called sweet and sour. Sweet and sour mix, right? You've heard of that before? Sweet I, and sour I, mix? I, I've definitely heard of it. It's, jar, usually... it's usually neon green or yellow. 
Yeah, no, whatever. Yeah, no, and I think I've heard bartenders talk about, it, and yeah. I usually make some lame joke about so, uh, sweet and sour chicken. Yeah. So okay, no, that's the same thing. Mm. Why does food have to be in the play all the time? I don't. Well, understand. I mean, for one thing, one's orange and the other isn't. Yeah, so. I gotcha. So uh, what it is, is sweet and sour is actually a powder that you add water to. So it's artificial flavoring. Mm-hmm. The sweet part of it actually is corn syrup, which is not good for you. It's no. not even real. Yeah. Okay. And the lime part or the sour part is actually is artificial flavoring lime juice. So it's not even real lime juice. Right. It's just basically so, pure pure citric acid almost. Yeah. It's, it's just garbage. Right. So when you make, say, a Mai Tai and if you use sweet and sour mix, mm-hmm. you're going to find a world of difference. It's not going to be a good drink. Okay. If you add the lime juice, like freshly screened lime juice, um, if you can't do freshly squeezed lime juice, folks, I know like everyone's kind of limited on their budget or the limes go bad real quick. Uh, a thing you can do, a cheat, this little cheat, it's mm. called real lime. We've all seen it, the little green Okay, uh, yeah, no, and that's lime, what plastic I use. Lime. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You yeah. can use that because actually the shelf on that is a little longer. So you can, you know, use it for, you know, a couple of weeks instead of like, so oh, like a real lime and it goes bad within a, uh, a couple of days, right? I'm like kind of one step above the bare minimum. No, yeah. So I got you. No, but it's it's a good that's a good uh, substitution. Mm-hmm. It actually is real lime juice. It's mm-hmm. just you know it's got some other stuff in there to kind of keep it not aging properly, right? Mm-hmm. Not, or not aging longer, faster. Sure. Um, so, anyways, uh, the sweet and sour mix. Yeah, you don't want to use that for your mai tai. You want to use real lime juice. Okay. And that's the difference. It's the same thing as if you're a cook and you're making something and you substitute it. You're changing the texture. You're changing the taste of it, uh, the quality of it. Everything is completely different. Yeah, and it's going to modify it a little bit, I guess. Exactly. Um, now, one of the things that you said earlier was that um, the blue... Caraco. Cara- oh, well, that's God, how I say it. Carousel? Carousel. Carousel. Now, just think of, you know, the pony thing at the, you know, the Ferris wheel. Carousel. Okay, Carousel. I yeah. gotcha. Oh, that's good. Okay. Not, yeah. not the clown car, okay? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, no, the carousel, the little pony thing, you know? I gotcha. And if you see Cam beside a, a pony carousel, just... Call the authorities, please. <laughs> I've clearly been crazy glued onto it. Um, but I've only ever seen the blue stuff that you see in the liquor stores. Yeah, and that's what's called blue crackle. And it's kind of it's kind of neon blue. Yeah, like it's a bright. Exactly. And the mai tai is not even blue. So well, you, that's exactly it. Yeah. yeah. So if you're trying to make a mai tai and you go into LCBO question mark, that's what you're going to. Mm-hmm. Liquor um, Control Board of Ontario. Control, yeah, it sucks. <laughs> Do you realize that the overcharge is like huge? Like I went down to Florida and I bought a bottle of 40 vodka and it was like $18, maybe 20 bucks, I say. Mm. You buy that same bottle up here and it's like 50 bucks. Yeah, but how are they going to pay for all the renewable energy? I, I know, I, I don't mm. know. So um, also you won't find the original real carousel, which I bought down in the islands. I see. Um, but you can use an orange liqueur like Cointreau or even Grand Marnier. I actually have oh, made Marnier, a Mai Tai okay. with a Grand Marnier. Oh, that'd be interesting. Yeah. I'd like to uh, to sample that. Yeah. And just to let you know, the carousel, actually, uh, the real carousel has different colors. So it's like you said, the blue, the red, the green, and the yellow, and the white. Well, I said blue. I wasn't familiar with the others. Yeah. But... So they have like four or five different colors. But guess what? It all tastes the same. Oh. Yeah. The color is not just part purely, of the taste. purely cosmetic. It's purely cosmetic. So if you make a drink, you want it to be green, you use a green. If you want it to be... Red, you use the red. I'll be damned. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So so now, one of the things that I often see with, if you'll forgive me, kind of fancy drinks, yeah, is that it's not just about how the drink looks once it's gotten into the serving glass. Right. There's it's also, the yeah, there, yeah, there's also a lot of fancy stuff that goes on. And, and you know, I mean, I've, I've been in places where I look at... Uh, 
the items behind the bar, and I feel like I'm in, uh, you know, some kind of high-tech car <laughs> repair shop because That's I really it, yeah. don't recognize a lot <laughs> That's of them. That's right. Yes, there are plenty of tools that are used behind the bar. So, so I got to ask. Yes. It's all just BS, right? It's just there for show. No, no, no. That, that, now, now, if you see a flair bartender, remember we talked about Mr. Tom Cruise. That's right. Um, some of the stuff that he's using, the tools he's using, is for just the flair. Okay. Right? Uh, but for the most part, those tools actually are important, just like a chef. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the, the tools that you, you'll see all the time is a strainer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. So they, you know, they, you said they strain. Uh, they use some sort of uh, weird piece of equipment, and then they a strain sieve. it. Yeah, they strain it into my glass, right? Sure, sure. So, there's different types of strainers. Okay, you may ask. Yes. Um, so, well, well I, I mean, I didn't ask because but, yeah. I mean, I figure if it's like a wire mesh, you can pour <laughs> stuff well, through. Well, you know me. Once I start talking about something with bars, and I guess keep <laughs> rambling and I go on and on. Yeah. So, um, so okay, you've got different types of strainer. Why yeah. in? Why is there different strainers? Yes. Sure. So they actually have different purposes. So when mm. you are going to a cocktail bar and they use the shaker, mm-hmm. which you see all the time, shake, 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 and then they strain it, mm-hmm. right? They use what's called a hot thorn strainer on that. And you've probably seen it. It's like a round kind of uh, disc. It has a coil on the bottom and then a little handle. Okay. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a thing. Looks it, like a heating element, right? Exactly. No, that's what I was yeah, going to say, yeah, like yeah, an electric yeah. heating element. Yeah. Okay, I got so you. So they put that on yeah. top of the shaker, and then they tilt it, and they strain that into your glass. Sure, and it kind right? of keeps the ice from... Right. What the coil actually does is it keeps all the ice and any fragments going into the drink. Okay, I got you. Yeah, yeah. Now, the next one that I'm going to talk about is the julep one. Now, the julep is used for when you're stirring. So when you stir a drink, like a martini, mm-hmm. okay, you're not stirring it actually in the drink that you, the glass that you're going to make, uh, that you're going to give it to them, right? You're going to stir it in something else. You're going to stir it in what's called a mixing glass. I see. Now, a mixing glass is a tempered glass. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it's tempered glass. So obviously sure. it won't crack. It uh, will take heat. It takes cold. Okay, yeah. It's tempered, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Get, it can get sort of smacked about a little bit. Yeah, and... it's durable. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's durable, yeah. Right. So when I stir my martini in that, okay, well, how am I going to strain it? Well, I can't use a Hawthorne strainer because it won't cover the surface of the top of the, of the glass. Oh, okay. Right? So okay. I use a, what's called a julep strainer. Mm-hmm. And what it is is a big spoon. You'll see it. It's got holes in it. Right? Is, it's is, got a little handle on it. Is this the one that's a bit like a, like a uh, loose tea leaf strainer? No, that's different. That's what we're going to talk about next. Oh, okay. okay. But this is a big spoon. So basically imagine a big round spoon. It's got holes in it. Okay, I gotcha. Right? Yeah. And what that does, you put that inside the, the mixing glass. Again, tilt the mixing glass, strain it into your glass. Mm-hmm. Right? The next one is the one you just talked about, the cocktail uh, strainer, or I call the tea bag strainer. Hmm. And it's a refined <laughs> strainer. Why I call it tea bag is because most people I know, when you make tea, herbal tea, Mm. They use this kind of strainer, right? right? You get all those herbs in there, and you don't want to get into your tea, so no. you finally strain it. with a, It's a kind of a mesh uh, strainer. I see. Yeah, and uh, what that is used for is what's called double straining. So what I mean by that is, let's say I'm making a drink and I have strawberries in there. Sure. Right? Now, I don't want all the strawberry content in there. I just want the juice. So I'm going to shake it, shake it, shake it. I've already got my Hawthorne strainer on top of the shaker, mm-hmm. but I don't want other particles of the strawberry to come out. I just want the juice. Right. So I'm going to strain that into over top of now this cocktail strainer or the tea bag strainer. So you're kind of double, double straining. Double straining, yeah. And then that will catch anything that's solid. And mm-hmm. then the only thing going through that will now be just the liquid. I see. Okay. Exactly. So you don't have a crunchy drink, basically. No. So... We, we've talked about ice a little bit already and yes. how you want to use... Fresh ice. Well, yeah, you want to use fresh ice um, and you're also not going to use the ice that you use when in you're actually shaker. making the drink exactly. to go in the glass. But could, yeah. 
Could you elaborate a little bit on that? Like, sure. Like, what's the differences? Well, well, yeah, like, like what the difference is, but also are are there different ices which are better with different drinks? Drinks. Yeah. Sure. Okay, so the ice that you use in your shaker is the lowest grade of ice you're going to have on your bar. Okay. It's usually, uh, use me from a regular ice machine, like a pop machine. Uh, it's the ICC, like when you only go to the movie theater. Yeah. Right? That can get beat around and uh, tossed around. It, it will melt, but not fast enough because you're shaking it pretty quick for maybe 20, 30 seconds, and then you're straining it. Sure. So then you toss that ice. It's gone. Okay. Now, the ice that you can use in your glass... Um, so back in the days at the bars, um, before refrigeration, mm-hmm. you would receive a gigantic block of ice, mm-hmm. solid ice. It'd mm-hmm. be four feet by four feet. Okay. One big giant block. And you had to break this down into smaller pieces. You would use either use a hammer and a chisel uh-huh. or a saw. Okay. And you saw those down. So the next size down from this shaker ice would be probably like a two by two ice. What I use in my glasses most times, two mm-hmm. by two little like, cubes. Like, so, sorry, two by two. You, you mean uh, like cubes? Two, two inch? Two, two inch? S- yes. Yeah, okay. My bad. My bad, folks. Two inch by two inch. Mm-hmm. So a bigger cube, in other words. Right. I gotcha. Yeah. yeah. No, and I've seen these. Like, like they become a bit more common now, where you got these great big, big cylinders of glass of ice. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know cubes why? Because glass. it is, it melts slower. It's, it takes a long, a long time to slow to, to melt. Right. So right? you get so you get less. You're getting dilution. more of your drink. Okay. Now, if you want the perfect dilution not happening let's say i'm doing a scotch or a bourbon or whatever mm-hmm. and i don't want the ice to melt quick because i'm gonna be i'm gonna be drinking this drink for at least 20 minutes gonna be savoring it right yeah i'm gonna be talking to people i'm gonna be drinking my bourbon but i'm not gonna you know drink it fast mm-hmm. so the best one for that is what's called a sphere it's a round sort of ice cube mm-hmm. and the reason why that's the best is because we say we take a a, a a cube of ice right like a block of ice sure right now the bottom of that ice is touching the glass it's touching the whole surface of that ice cube right sure now if i take a sphere the only place it's touching is actually the small Just the base. piece of it right right yeah so it actually stays uh more solid and won't dilute as fast you end up with less surface area touching the warming exactly pot. okay i gotcha yeah. Now, the other ice that you see, and if you actually get a Mai Tai and a real tiki uh, bar, mm-hmm. you'll see what's called crushed ice. Mm-hmm. So again, back to the ice cube that you would get at your bar. Mm-hmm. You cut off a piece, you put it into a leather bag, mm-hmm. and you get them out. And if you go to a real tiki bar, sometimes you will see them actually doing this. No, you're kidding me. Still, uh, I've seen it done before. Cool. Uh, and actually, I'm kind of hoping I get that for Christmas. Ding, ding, ding. Mm. Uh, so a leather bag, you put the ice in there, and you bang it with the mallet, and then you have what's called crushed ice. Now, crushed ice, if you were trying to figure out well, what kind of texture is that, it's the same texture as when you go to 7-Eleven, you get like your slushy. Okay, so right? it's really crushed. Like it's snow, more than snow just... cone right. kind of thing. Like, like, like it's more than just, like like it's more crushed than just, say, like like ice, the texture of gravel. Right. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of like the snow cone kind of texture. I gotcha, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and that's the, the ice you put on top of my time. Now, you want to drink that relatively fast because that ice will melt faster. Mm-hmm. Right, it's smaller, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it makes sense. Cautionary tales. Wow. I guess it's, I it's my turn. It's your turn, my oh, friend. Oh, man. All right, so my t- cautionary tale is about actually a camping story. Mm. So we went to a provincial park, mm-hmm. uh, a bunch of guys, and we're like, hey, we're going to camp for the weekend. Sure. Now, the problem with provincial parks in Ontario, especially, um, there is a curfew. You can't be off your ground or your site after 10 o'clock. You see, and I personally think that that completely defeats the purpose of camping. Yeah, wild. You know? What now? Like, yeah. the timeline here? Yeah. I don't no. see the bears going, well, geez, I got to go back to bed now. I don't go camping for more scheduling. <laughs> but you know what? That's not our problem. Yeah. So Well, it is. What but... ended up happening was anyways, uh, 
we were around the campfire drinking, and we're like, we're bored. So let's let's just go adventure. Hey, let's go explore. Yeah, so no good plan. Right beside the, the parking, uh, the park was actually a, a, a farm. Uh huh. So we hopped the fence, mm-hmm. and there were some cows. Yeah, uh, yeah. As there are now. Now hold on. I'm sure everyone's probably thinking in their minds, was Craig cow, cow tipping? No, I, I just do not cow assumed. tip. I don't have any interest in cow tipping. Mm. I don't care about cow tipping. I don't even see the thrill of cow tipping, actually. No, well, and I, I, I've actually heard it can really hurt the animals. So. Exactly. So just have some fun. Mm. So anyway, we were just roaming around the field, and my friend Guy moves over and starts petting a cow, and he's calling it Belvash, Belvash, Belvash. Oh, it's like pretty cow or nice cow. Yeah. yeah. Um, my French is like, you know, not the greatest. But. Mm. So uh ends up that me and Jeff, my buddy Jeff, are sitting there standing there watching him do this, and we realize that um, it's not a cow. It's a bull. <laughs> <laughs> Did he milk it? No, but uh, thank God he didn't, because I'm sure he figured out real quick. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. you would hope. So uh, the bull obviously got irritated, was irritated and started chasing Gee. And Guy figured, well, what better way to save myself than to walk, run towards my friends? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's strength in numbers, well, right? Exactly, yeah. yeah. Why not just get us involved in this whole scenario? <laughs> so he starts running towards me and Jeff. So me and Jeff jump into a wagon. And guess what? In the wagon is manure. We're up to our waist in manure. Oh, my God. Yeah, sticky situation. That's a stinky situation. Oh, yeah. So off in the distance, I hear a gunfire, like, bam! The like, bull got its hands on a gun? No. Hooves. No. Hooves. Hooves on a gun. No, no. Like the farmer, the, cl- you know. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Clamptons. The Clampton. You know, the Clampton. The Clampets. Yeah, Clampets. Clampets. Yeah, that's right. Fire, get off my property. Right. So we jump out of the wagon. We get to the fence. I got one foot on one side of the fence, and I have the foot on the other side of the fence. So I'm stuck in the middle. Okay, you're okay. kind of straddling. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I'm straddling this thing, okay? And just let you know, folks, the top of this fence is a barbed wire fence. Yeah. So I'm not too happy right now. Yeah. So my friend decides, hey, I'm going to help you out, Craig. Let me just get you off the fence. So he grabs the fence and shakes it, thinking that this will you know, resolve the problem. Oh, yeah, because there's nothing like a lack of stability to help your stability. Yeah. So I fall off, thank God, on the safe side, but rip my okay, jeans in man. half. Okay. Well, I mean, you're lucky that's all your jeans that were split. <laughs> get the joke? Jeans split. Mm. Yeah. So uh, we run back to camp anyways, and we're around the fire. And, of course, the camp ranger comes around, and he's like, you know, comes up to us. And he's like, hey, you know, like, we've heard that there's some disturbances in the farm beside us, and we're just wondering if you saw anybody walking by. I'm pretty sure he figured it out, basically since me and Jeff were covered in cow dung and my pants were torn. So I'm pretty sure he felt like, well, you guys got your punishment already, so I'm not even going to bother. Right. You know what I mean? I did and, that uh, thought you were into some really, really weird stuff. Yeah. Okay. Oh, guys. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. So that is my camping story, and that is my cautionary tale. Now, we talked about this before. A cautionary tale is uh, we're not encouraging drinking. We're no, it's exactly that. We're not encouraging being it's stupid and getting drunk. cautionary tale. Exactly. So these are tales that everyone has done. We've all had our stories. Mm-hmm. You know, like, Bob, I can't believe what I did last weekend. And that's mm-hmm. what they are. We're not encouraging drinking in any way, shape, or form. No, absolutely not. I mean, if anything, these should be, well, just like the title says, cautionary tales. Yes. Don't do what we were too dumb not to, to do, do at the same time. Uh-huh. Now, talking about drinking and excessive drinking, one of the things I want to talk about, especially with the bartenders out there, is bar mm-hmm. etiquette. Mm-hmm. So, when it comes to a bartender, we are actually responsible for our clients. So, Cam, example, I am responsible for you to get home safe. Oof. Did you know that? I didn't really, but but it... it I'm it, not going to walk you to your, your house. I this, suddenly this, feel like no, I have all no, this no, power no, no, now. No, no. No, what it means by that is that I need to make sure that you're drinking uh, not too much alcohol that either A, you can get behind a wheel of a car, which in your case, you don't. Thank no, God. no, absolutely um, not. Or B, you walk out and save a car and get hit. Sure, okay? sure. Danger, yeah. right? 
So I want to talk about a situation about a place I worked at. I'm not going to mention it, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I had one of my regulars who came in, and uh, I could tell that he's bar hopping, and we all know what bar hopping means. Like sure, one yeah. Bar, the next bar, the next yeah. bar. And he'd been drinking, obviously, along the way. And sure. I was like, okay, you know what? I'm not going to serve him. So I told my friend, I said, hey, I'm sorry I won't serve you tonight, but come back tomorrow and I'll buy you a drink. Hmm. No, just, you know, make him feel like, hey, you know, I'm your friend, right? Well, that's really nice of you. Yeah. yeah. So he leaves. And, and it also probably helps cool the situation down. Well, yeah, because I don't want yeah. it to get escalated and he starts yelling and screaming and then I have to call the police or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking about police, 10 minutes later, cop oh, cars goodness. are all over the road. See cherry signals everywhere. Was he okay? Uh, so a cop comes in. No, let me finish the story. So a cop comes in and he huh. shows on his phone my, my friend. He's like, hey, do you know this guy? And I said, well, huh. yeah, he's one huh. of my regulars, but I did not serve him. And thank God, actually on the bar, there was two patrons uh-huh. that said, you know what? He did not serve him. Okay. He's, you know, that, that's the situation. Yeah, so covered your Covered my us. ass, yeah. yeah. Um, and But then I was like, hey, well, is he okay? Is he all right? Uh-huh. Uh, come to find out that he went two doors down to Starbucks and ordered a muffin and they didn't have the muffin that he wanted. And he did that, uh, what, that Michael Douglas uh, Fallen Down? Fallen Down. That's where the one where he's, crazy. Where he's, where, where he's he a nerd AK. with a baseball bat, right? right? right. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So apparently my friend did the Fallen Down process, jumped on top of the counter, started throwing what? muffins and the famous CDs that nobody buys. <laughs> <laughs> I always sort of thought those cases were kind of oh, throwing stars. Oh, but uh, So anyways, they took a couple cops to pull them down and oh, put them in a the paddy geez. wagon. And, uh, oh, yeah. geez. So just let your bartenders know they're out there. Yes, you are making money off these people, but also, too, you do have a responsibility. And please do follow the rules. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Without question, especially yeah, exactly. since I'm one of those people that uh, well, I want to make sure money on one of. piece. Exactly. Now, I mean, uh, j- just to cover my own butt here, <laughs> have you ever had to uh, refuse me a beverage due to inebriation? Um, no, no, not at all. Okay, so you're good there. Good. Yeah, yeah. Did you know? I did not know. Ah, so uh, back in the 1600s, we talked about this before. Rum was actually a currency for the British Navy, right? Privateers and pirates. So twice a day, they would ration out rum to all the crew. Now you're thinking, well, geez, this is great. I'm, yeah, it's I'm pretty a pirate. Pretty great I'm on gig. A ship. Yeah. I'm getting rum. This is gonna be awesome. But you got to think of the lifestyle back then. Okay, so they're on a ship. Sometimes we'd be thrown for months, if not a year, before mm. we'd like finally get to dock. You're gonna start going okay. a bit stir crazy. Yeah. You're oh, sh- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Shaking crazy. Shaking crazy. Wow. <laughs> good. Good <laughs> pun there. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Uh, thanks, buddy. Um, you know what I mean? Like, there's is illness. There's lack of food. Fresh water, uh, scurvy, which, you know, mm. yeah, that's all, whatever. Can you imagine too, the um, B.O.? Yeah, and then you're not taking a shower. Yeah, exactly. So uh. rum was kind of a way to like, hey, you know, this is a way to kind of get through it. Right, right. right. Um, so also, too, if I did an extra chore on dude on board, I actually would get extra rum. Oh. So I'm pretty sure if you were a pirate, I'd Ken, be the most productive man on the, the ship. Most, you, the ship would be... Sh- Figure top from the bottom. Tip top shape. I tip top shape you. there. Yeah. I'm telling you right now. Yeah. Yeah. No barnacles on that sucker. That's for <laughs> sure. Now this went all the way through on the British Navy all the way to 1970, just recently. Until 1970. Yeah, July 31st, 1970, and the day is actually called Black Tot Day. So what it was is that's when the Navy stopped serving rum as a portion of payment daily. The reason why they stopped doing it is because now the ships are getting more and more technical, and you do not want some guy half in a bag. Have access to a button to push for a missile launch, right? Like, hello, let's get it together. It took here them now. until 1970. Yeah, well, I guess the sailors are pushing it, and eventually they're like, Old okay, habits that's die it. hard. It's done. Okay. So, no more rum. That's it. And they actually would have a funeral. That day, they actually tossed the bottles over the side and they actually tossed coffins like a, a, a what do they call that? A ocean funeral? Oh, like a burial at sea. Burial at sea, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> 
for their yeah, rum. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I, I think you, you, you told me previously that the Navy consumed, the, the, the British Navy, that is, yes, consumed yes, a yes. massive amount of rum. Well, yeah, all up to 1970. Uh, uh, up until the 70s. So, yeah. so what happened to all that, that, that strategic rum reserve? Okay, so what they did after that is they actually sold it to the public. It actually is called Purser's Good Rum. Good stuff. P-U-S-S-E-R. Pussers. Pussers. Thank you. Poosers. Poosers. Who knows? Um, rum. And what it is is when you buy this rum, you're actually paying money towards the Navy's retirement fund. So the money is actually going to a good cause. So it's kind of veterans' benefits in a bottle. So uh, in your situation, Cam, when you're uh, getting drunk in public and you're getting uh, police are pulling you over, you can say, hey, I am being patriotic. I prefer to I call am... it getting rowdy. I'm just saying, you can say I'm being patriotic and I'm contributing to my funds for the Navy. Insofar as I am ever in England. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's go into mailbag. Mailbag. So this is oh, our first I'm mailbag. I'm excited about this. This is yeah. awesome. All right, so the, the letter I got or the email I got was from Shannon, and she's making a drink called Ruby Red, and it actually has a strawberry liqueur in it. And she wanted to know, how do I get a strawberry liqueur? Because you can't find it in the LCBO, so how do I do this? Mm-hmm. Now, there's two ways you could do this. The one way, which is the uh, first way I did it, was really hard. Okay. Um, and we talked about this before as an infusion. So I'll put some strawberries into a mason jar, pour some rum in there, mm-hmm. jar it up, right. put it on a shelf, and let it age. Right. Now, the problem with that is that sometimes it doesn't take. Also, too, you're taking a chance that you go too far in aging it, and actually it goes rancid. It the can go rancid. Strawberries can go bad, yes. can go bad in the alcohol. Yeah, I didn't it's realize not exactly that. a preservative in that perspective, like you're thinking. Huh. Yeah. So the easier way to do this is actually take the strawberries and put them in the shaker and muddle them when you make the drink. Hmm. Wasn't that confusing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're trying to make okay, Yeah, yeah. So you got to muddle them in the shaker. Okay. Yeah. And so so and and just again, I mean, muddling just basically means you grind them up into a paste, right? Right. Like you know, like when you uh, used to get drugs and you, uh, no, well, not you yourself personally. <clears throat> um, at the pharmacy, when they take pills and they push them and crush them. Oh, okay. Yeah, like a mortar and pestle. Correct. Okay. I so gotcha. yeah, you can use it for do. spices and yeah. stuff too. So you yeah. take your strawberries, you take all your ingredients, you put that in your shaker, shake it up. When mm-hmm. you strain it. Okay, then you're gonna get the strawberries, but you're not gonna get the strawberry. Sorry, the strawberry juice, but you're not gonna get the strawberry like the pulp and all that sure, stuff. Sure, sure, right. Okay. So that's how you can get the strawberry liqueur, and that is the solution to the problem. Brilliant. Yes. So, folks, that is our show, and I hope that you enjoyed it as much as we did. I certainly enjoyed it. I definitely did, and I think you know, like uh, we've got some information we need to pass on here. So, one of the things uh, we want to tell you about is that we have a website called uh, www.tikicentralcanada.ca. And on that site, you will see some information. Uh, us waving hi. How's it going? I'm not waving so much as sort of know, sneering creepily from look. the side. I, know. Yeah. I, I, I uh, got a really good I demand a redo. Folks. No, no yeah. redos. No, no. Hmm. Um, on the bottom here, you'll see a blog. And every episode will have a blog. And there's where you can add comments or questions you might have. And those questions and comments we're going to take care of on either future podcasts or we'll email you back the answers. Well, and I'd, I, I'd also like to add, actually, yes. um, with respect to cautionary tales... So, you mean, in other words, you want to hear from other people, their stories. Well, yeah. I mean, I've already heard all my stories, and Lord knows I've heard too many of yours. Uh, and and to be honest, I, I don't think either of us have enough to keep this going for, for a long sure, time. Sure, Tim. You just keep on telling yourself Well, that. I mean, keep I don't remember them very well. Okay, so that's what it is. It's like there's, there's stories, but you just don't remember them. No, I remember I had a good night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so so you know we're we're with the call out. Uh, if you have cautionary right. tales, yes. uh, 
you just let us know. All right, perfect. Well, I think it's time to go get some beers. I'm not too much into cocktail mode today. I'm more into bottle beer mode. Yeah, no, it's 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 chilly out there right yeah, now. Yeah, it's kind of chilly, so I think we're getting some beers, folks. All right, so Good we're going to head off and uh, hope to hear from you guys. And uh, please subscribe to our site so we can hear more from you. Perfect. All right, Cam, I think it's time to go. All right, take care, folks. Later. Well, I don't know about you, but I got informed. Hey guys, right? Hey, where's my drink? Hey, where's my drink?